Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dark Myths, Dark Collective. This is our new experimental thing we're doing. I'm the host of the Zingness podcast, Zinger, and I'm joined by a few other great Dark Myths hosts from the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection and apparently national championships right now, Dina Marie, host of the Twisted Philly podcast. Hello. And I'm also joined by a few other people as well. Host of the Mad Scientist Podcast, MUFON's Director of Research, Dr. Chris Cogswell. Hello! And finally, someone who every week tries to explain the unexplainable, Toby, from the Secret Transmission Podcast. Well, hello. I thought that was going to be a lot more brutal and, and hateful towards me, knowing it, you. It was originally just going to be, and Toby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's fair too <laughs> so we've gathered here today and this is something i'm just gonna take a step back real quick as a fan of dark myths before i was even part of it and was just a listener podcast this is something i always dreamed of being able to listen to and i'm actually a part of so that's really cool too we've sort of taken you know topics that people are you know familiar with and we're going to kind of give a breakdown and sort of our kind of host knowledge on the topic and discuss it in sort of that kind of form and we've decided to go with the Mothman, and Point Pleasant, too, to a lesser extent. So with that, um, I'm going to hand it off to the doctor himself to give us sort of a quick overview of, if you're not truly familiar with what Mothman is, the legend, the myth, the Mothman. All right, so the Mothman sightings occurred primarily in the Point Pleasant area of West Virginia, um, which is right over the uh, bridge from Ohio. Now, these sightings were actually part of, or almost in some people's minds, the culmination of uh, a few years' worth of increased sightings, and in particular, a few years' increases in the uh, telepathic communication, supposedly, and visitation and abduction of uh, Earthlings, basically, by um, extraterrestrial beings, supposedly. So, uh, before the Mothman sightings even technically started to occur... You had a sighting on the 2nd of November, 1966. A, uh, a local guy, Woody Derenberger, was driving home. And on the highway, he noticed a car that was stopped on the side of the road. And, and he noticed a... Uh, as he's driving, he notices a strange car and he sees a uh, what appears to be a, a UFO flying above him. And um, he sees this car. He kind of, uh, kind of pulls over as it's following him. And this car... Uh, an individual comes out and walks over to him and, and with a very uh, very odd mix of emotions and movements and things doesn't look quite human has a very large smile and asks him you know all these weird questions what what time is it um, what planet this is 
you know, uh, what do you call that big gathering of lights down the road? To which Woody said, well, that's called a city. And the individual said, well, my name is Ingrid Cold, Ingrid Cold, and uh, I will see you again in time. And so um, this matched up with some other sightings and other odd behaviors that people were claiming extraterrestrials had when they visited them. And so uh, John Keel, a famous UFO uh, reporter and investigator, started looking into these uh, cases. Now, what he found was that in uh, the 12th of November, 1966, there was actually a, uh, a sighting of what appeared to be a winged creature with stark red eyes flying around the Point Pleasant area in West Virginia. On November 15th, 1966, Roger and Linda Scarberry and uh, Steve and Mary Mallett saw the same creature, again, a humanoid figure with bat-like wings in what was known as the TNT area, a chemical mixing plant that um, had been used basically in the town in the town for some time. And uh, all throughout this, Woody Derenberger claimed he was getting visits from this Indrid Cold and that uh, other people in the United States were being warned that something terrible was going to happen. And these visits always seemed to occur right before a natural disaster of some sort. And so Keel believed, or Derenberger at least believed, that these, uh, these, these encounters with cold were leading up to a potential explosion at a nuclear power plant that was just down the river from Point Pleasant, um, the Ohio Valley Electric Corps nuclear power plant. And um, instead, what appeared to actually occur, supposedly in, the, in this mythology of this story, was the collapse of the Silver Bridge on December 15th, 1967. This bridge collapsed and um, killed a uh, large number of people, killed 46 people, and uh, was believed to have been prophesized by the Mothman. And uh, since that time, Mothman seemed to disappear after that point, but has recently started resurfacing in Chicago and the suburbs around Chicago giving rise to another idea of, well, maybe we'll see something similar, another natural disaster, not necessarily natural disaster, but another disaster of some sort that we are being warned of. So just quick and not trying to put anyone on the spot here, how many people in our group here of discussion are familiar with the Mothman or have heard of it before? Yes, I am familiar with the Mothman. We have done a episode at Secret Transmission Podcast, so... I'm familiar with it and i actually was at the mothman festival in 2017 oh, and plan on being there in 2018 is that a little bit of bragging jeez that, that that is a lot of bragging <laughs> because it this town is one that it was really weird to talk to people from there i don't know if they're just hyping it up because of the festival and stuff but it seems like everyone there had some story of some weird thing that they're like oh i know somebody that this happened to or this happened to somebody i knew like that they've well, the seen town lights and oh, I'm so sorry go, go ahead go ahead no i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but the whole town reminds me of the hellmouth from buffy no yes 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 i was gonna get into just, that oh i'm sorry well go 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 i'm no, sorry to me to step on no you. um it, it was funny because um because i kind of got that vibe too being there like you know all these things you know ufo signs this injured cold thing which my gosh if you want a creepy thing to say to somebody when you're when you're leaving say i'll see you in time Ugh. <laughs> love that so cool, but um, no, like like stuff like that. It's like there, like I, and I'm not saying I 100% believe this, but it makes sense. It could be a thin place between realities, and it was funny because when we did the me and um, Flora from uh, Blurry Photos, which I'm 
pretty sure this show is just going to end up being us shouting out other podcast. <laughs> um, when me, me and him did the TNT tour, um, when, when we weren't getting yelled at by people for sitting in there make, making jokes and stuff in the back of the bus, um, one of the people was explaining how this was somebody from the area, how they felt like that that the Mothman was something from another dimension and that it's like our world is an onion with layers and like there's an ability for them to cut through the layers certain entities can and that's what they kind of attributed to and i thought that was interesting because that area seems to be maybe a quote-unquote thin place or a hellmouth if you're familiar with the buffy mythos it's well the thing that's really interesting with this case i think so the part of it that really for me always made it so fascinating was the fact that there was so much there was so much i guess outside verification of this case in a lot of different ways in a lot of ways that you would think you wouldn't think are true necessarily right or at least you wouldn't expect like you know when people i think when people think about cases of of contact like this they think well these are all fake or whatever um you know this case i think is a really interesting one now you know the part of this that always gets kind of mixed up is the fact that it contains both a cryptid in the mothman and also this contact this injured cold sort of uh character right mm -hmm. and to me actually you know the mothman is interesting but for me it's the injured cold character i'm, that, I'm with you on that yeah Chris. that's the fascinating part of this i mean you know so um I, I i don't know if i don't know if i made this super clear in the intro actually woody thought there was a car behind him but it ended up being a a spacecraft so he sees this thing behind him. He thinks it's a car. It then flies above him and lands in the front. And he is just like, well, it's got to be some kind of weird car or something. I don't know what's going on. And this guy comes out of this craft, right? And it actually ended up, it, it goes even farther than that. I don't know if any of you have ever read the book Visitors from Lanulos. That That's about this whole incident, isn't it? So Visitors from Lanulos is about, it's written by Woody Derenberger about his time with Indrid Cold and the peep the, the the planet that Indrid Cold supposedly is from. Now, I think that I don't know how much I think the Lanulo story is true, but the um a lot of the stuff that came about in Keel, John Keel's analysis of this case, is really fascinating. So for instance, one of my favorites is the fact that people that were completely separate. They were from different parts of the country completely, um, had never spoken to each other, were reporting telepathic communication with the same alien with the same name. Oh, by the way, this is something, um, Intrigue Cold is also considered, I, for people listening and for our fellow hosts here, um, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with The Grinning Man. Yes. Oh, okay. Mythos. Some people attribute Intrigue Cold as that, is the very same one and the same. Yeah. It, it all ends up coming back. I think around to this idea of, have you guys ever heard of kind of the, um, I don't know. There's, it's kind of a psychological answer for abduction cases, or it's supposedly a psychological answer where it's that, um, what actually is occurring in these cases is not real contact. It is people having, I mean, obviously like very frightening dreams or something, but in particular are filling in the blanks with uh, basically like placeholders that we have in our minds. So when you're a baby or when you're just learning to your, when your brain is just learning to pick apart the difference between a face and a object, like a person and not a person, 
um, one of the first things it does is it just maps out the color scheme on the face. So you have a, you know, an oval shape that's got kind of a light color. And then these areas of darkness that would be where eyes are, where, uh, you know, the mouth is maybe if you even see a mouth and then hair. Right. And so, and that's why, that's why supposedly, um, that, well, that is why babies don't like people with beards is because it, it freaks them out because their brain can't, you know, they like can't get a handle of where the hair is. And so what is this thing that they're looking at that seems to be acting like a face? Right. And so these uh, it's one of the explanations that's sometimes given for abduction cases. And the same way with the green with the grinning man, it is, again, a um, it's one of those cases where it's like the grinning man is this round object face with big ass eyes and a big mouth. And you know what I mean? Like it's, again, this kind of motif of what we think a face is, but it's not really a face and it's just a little bit off and, you know, too spooky. No, but you can see it in your head, the way it would imprint on your mind mm-hmm. as an infant. And it's not necessarily a memory, but it's it's still something that's stored. And and then it has, you know, like you, you recall it, even though you don't realize you're recalling it. And it resonates with you because the, the shape and the image is similar. But as you were describing the way an infant can differentiate between a, a face and an object, I'm seeing it in my head and thinking, well, shit, that's what people always say aliens look yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, that's why it's such an interesting think so we had someone ask a question to us on facebook which was about this dmt study that they're doing have you guys heard about this no okay so it's um it's uh, i think i can't remember the exact university so i'm not even going to say i'm not even going to hazard a guess at what university it is but a uh, university is doing a study right now where they are looking for people who claim to have had contact with uh, outside intelligences while high on dmt huh <laughs> So they're trying to find these people, and I think it's, in my mind, what they're looking for. Because a lot of people in the UFO field are like, oh, my God, they're really looking for aliens, whatever. I don't think that's what they're doing. I think what they're probably doing are looking for these kind of motifs. Like, the same thing with the, um, the same thing with, like, the gray alien face. I think they're looking for commonalities. So, you know, um, I bet, or I would not be surprised if 50% of those people had contact with some kind of Mother Earth-like figure. If 50% of them had contact with some kind of father uh, time or something figure like these motifs that show up a lot in our stories and stuff, again, might just be part of the way our brain is wired biologically um, or even culturally, right? As opposed to being um, something real out there. But anyways. Um, Toby, I don't understand why every time I'm on a podcast with you, this comes up. Um, per- pareidolia also is something else that could be contributed to this because I was just thinking while you were telling them like if I'm drawing a face you know I'm going to of course make a circle or make you know try and by, by the way I, I can't draw so um I, I'll try to do the you know the outline of the face and then the eyes and the mouth first and then try to build from there to make sure everything's placed right so I'm thinking in a memory you probably try to do the same thing you try to remember where someone's eye you know where eyes were and stuff like that and that's how pareidolia normally happens too. Is you try to put human characteristics on something that's not human. Well, what about uh, so at nighttime uh, when you can't see, your eyes are adjusting to light constantly, uh, trying mm-hmm. to find light. So they're trying to find recognizable shapes. Uh, is there how he says it's at at nighttime when he sees this person, right? Is there yeah. so there's not a whole lot of light. 
there's probably headlights coming off of his cars. If depending on where he's standing, he's not really getting a full. He may he may or may not be getting a full picture of this person's face. Uh, maybe some of the uh, the facial features aren't exactly what he's saying because of of shadows and and it's just his his uh, eyes are playing tricks on him and and making it appear to be you know different. Is is that a possibility? I mean, yeah. I mean, it is. I guess the thing. So. Really, for me, honestly, the part of this that I think is the most, the more fascinating is the the overall study of the abduction phenomena that was occurring during this time with John Keel. Like, because, okay, Darren Berger eventually goes on to say he gets taken up into the ship with the aliens from Lanulos. They take him to their planet, and of course, wouldn't you know it, they're all nude, they're all, you know, uh, Earth-loving peaceniks you know they don't have war they don't have poverty they eat pills as energy whatever um you know and their ship is all retro futurist and whatever like you know if you were a uh, if you were a i believe he was a typewriter salesman if you were a typewriter salesman in the late 60s and you had to figure out or write down what you thought the future would look like on some alien planet that's probably what you would write do you know what i mean and that that to me is always a part of this that i find interesting with his story at least is that the is there a part of this that was true did he have this initial encounter and then fill in the blanks to try to make it seem more real or sell books or whatever or was it all made up out of whole cloth um stuff like that where he's you know he said that the craft when it opened it made like a screeching noise when the door opened like his alien craft had a door with hinges on it. That's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like you know, it's it's stupid. I think I they don't have WD forty no, on the you know, planets. I, and I think I think actually he describes. I can't remember if this is, I can't remember if this is this book or not. But I believe he describes watching the Earth disappear behind them through a. He's like watching it on a TV screen in the ship, but the TV is like a big tube TV. Do you know what I mean? So it's like aliens didn't discover LCD, you know, well, like what's going on? Or, pl- you know, plasma screen at least. I don't know, maybe not up to 4K yet, but come on, aliens. Well, something interesting, I know this has been brought up before, is that, you know, maybe he had no reference point for it. So that was the best thing he could describe it as is with technology that he's familiar with. Yeah, and that's... It would be the same thing as if we saw something a thousand years in the future we'd have no clue what it was, but we tried to be like, oh, it was like this or like that, and tried to retroactively say it was like something we're more familiar with. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, in any other field, that would be called a witness lying to fill in blanks, (laughs) right? Like, you imagine (laughs) imagine (laughs) sitting on a stand and being like, well, I didn't really know what the guy looked like, but I just expect a criminal to look like this. I mean, that's kind of what happens sometimes. Right. But it's like, you know, I just expected that this guy that, you know, a cat burglar wears a ninja mask and, and black socks and he's got a whip. You know what I mean? Every time. A every whip. time he's got a whip. Of course, a whip. You know, like, what burglar carries that woman? Catwoman. Is this. Like, uh, you're in, you're she in wasn't expecting with, that. I was going to say, with, she's at a, with maybe three of the nerdiest shows on Dark Myths, like, of course, Catwoman. Come on. Okay. I know who Catwoman is. I'm a big fan of Catwoman. I guess I just don't consider her a burglar. Oh. I know she's bad, she's, but to me, she's, she's a like cat a burglar, and and she's I and she's know. an anti-hero at best. Yeah, no, she's she, she's, she's a, a hero when it benefits her. 
she's a woman in a badass cat suit. To me, that's a superhero. Dang straight. Oh, she is. <laughs> she's great. Um. Anyway, so get getting back though to the point of the, you know, filling in the blanks of the paradoil. Uh, I can't never say the word. Paradolia. Right. Okay, I, I always want to say paradolia, <laughs> like a moron, but <laughs> paradolia. Hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Toby. I knew you were about to ask word? me. Nope, nope, not going to even try it, man. No way. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, yeah, I mean, I think there's something to that. The, but again, there are things that supposedly, and, and, you know, we're getting this from books written after the fact and, you know, recollections and stuff of people who want to make claims that they did something amazing. But supposedly the things that were predicted um, were at least, or it, or in some ways, the things that were said seemed to coincide with the truth in some cases. So, you know, uh, there's that there's that part of the movie, uh, the Mothman prophecies, where Indrid Cold is on the phone and he's like, "Well, what do I have in my pocket?" And he's like, "You know, Mentos." And Richard <laughs> Gere's like, "Yeah," because he's got Mentos <laughs> in his pocket. But you know, that kind of stuff actually happened at the time, supposedly, right? So one extraterrestrial intelligence that seemed to come up a lot was a being known as Apple, A-P-P-O-L. And um, a bunch of people claimed that they were having communication with Apple, that he was from this specific star system, and, you know, he was warning them of this impending uh, catastrophe, this this industrial disaster of some sort. And so um, Keel thought it had to do with his nuclear power plant, that there would be someone there who would try to... Uh, what's the word like sabotage the, the the nuclear plant to make it explode right like yeah. a, an act of domestic terrorism but um but supposedly and this is again part of this whole hero making potentially this whole thing uh he said that when he called to to tell this uh, power plant you know well be careful there's someone's going to try to sabotage something or whatever they fired someone i think if my recollection is correct but then the silver bridge collapsed so it brings up this whole question of, well, was it because the thing that the thing that they said supposedly was there would be a disaster on the river. Right. And so they point he thought it meant it was pointing to this nuclear power plant, but instead maybe it is someone misreading a prophecy incorrectly or something. But again, it could also be that, you know, I mean, I don't know. That's like a you got like an 85 percent shot. Some sketchy shit's going down by the river. Yeah, I right? mean, it could have like, been anything. Yeah, it, kid it, drowned. Exactly. Um, I didn't catch a fish that day when I went out fishing. Like, it could be anything. <laughs> like, that's 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 the problem with prophecies when they're super vague and they can sort of you can fall pe- put pieces in to fill in the blanks easily and be like, huh, there there it was. I I did it. It, it makes it kind of complicated to rely on them most of the time. By by the way, everyone, we will get to Mothman eventually. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the surrounding stuff is so interesting. Well, there's so much that surrounds the the Mothman stuff that you kind of have to touch on. You can't just talk about Mothman. You gotta, you kind of have to take these little side roads and be like, okay, well, let's talk about this part of it. Let's talk about this part. You, you have to go on these little weird tangents. Mm, episode over. Good stuff. <laughs> it's nice. No, yeah, yeah, you Toby killed it. Toby killed it. Great Dang stuff. It. No, so... The, okay, so one part of this that I actually think is really interesting is I bet if we all looked into it more, we would find stories that that code into this in our own areas. That was one part of this that I thought I thought was really cool was that 
the Mothman is the most prominent of these stories, but it is by far not, it is by no stretch the only one. You know, UFO, um, UFO sightings tend to occur in flaps, is kind of what we call them. And so these are instances where a lot of people or a, an area, a single area gets a concentrated, you know, hit of sightings. And sometimes that area can be big, you know what I mean? Like, so this, uh, that, that Hudson valley. valley. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. The Hudson Valley. This itself is also of a, a uh, you know, along a river. Sometimes we'll get these kind of sightings and stuff. But that idea, and actually, we're we're in the process of trying to tell if that's true or not. If like, is that true that it happens along rivers most often, or you know what I mean? Like, is it just that there's more people along rivers because your cities grow there? But, anyways, the. This is, though, part of a much larger story of kind of the evolution of the UFO field. So if you just look at it as like a sociological or, or historical analysis, the Mothman story is kind of the transition point from this is like the last time aliens come down and are trying to tell us that we, you know, this is like the beginning of the age where UFOs come down with occupants and they bring up people and they say, you know, you're destroying the planet. You got to stop, you know, this is the end of the space brothers. This is the end of the benevolent space brothers and yeah. kind of the beginning of the, um, we're going to take you and put stuff in you. Yeah, exactly. This is the beginning of the more surgical, scary abduction stories that we have today. Dina, um, on a course, twisted Philly, um, you, you had an episode recently where you guys talked about the whole Kecksburg incident. And you brought up something that immediately, when we were discussing this behind, the, but quick behind the scenes, when we were discussing stuff. I'm like, I want to bring up Mothman because you said something very interesting about where you you were like, well, could Mothman have come from this incident? And I don't know if you wanted right, to was, elaborate on that. Was the so what Chris and I had talked about was the Kecksburg incident, a, a very strange, unusual bell-like shape landed in the woods in rural Kecksburg, which is about 30 miles outside of Pittsburgh. And I think, Chris, you had made sort of a, not an offhanded comment, but you had talked about how this isn't that far from Point Pleasant, West Virginia. It's like that little corner where Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia all meet. They're not very far from one another. And so I, I kind of wondered and, and amused that maybe it was the Mothman who landed in Kecksburg because it didn't happen, you know, it wasn't that far off, the dates. And he left his ship there. He went back to get it. It was gone. So what's he going to do? He just starts walking and he wounds up in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. I don't know that that's the way it happened, but the timing is very close. The locales are very close. It's not a I mean, I think it's an interesting. I mean, it's certainly. It's, Who's going to prove you wrong? I mean, that's, yeah, I was going to say it's, yeah. it's just as good as, you know, naked aliens coming down and putting on pants the wrong way and being like, hello, Woody Derenberger. Take us to your diner. You know, like, it's just as good. I, I like it. I do like it. I, I like the idea. I think, again, it's part of this. Like, this is like the golden age of UFO sightings. You know? It's such a good period for this that, and I mean, I don't know, the Pennsylvania, like, Pennsylvania, Ohio, there, there are areas that I would consider to be, I don't know if, I don't know if hotspot's the right word, because that has its own, like, longer connotations or something but that's like that area warm areas yeah maybe right like that area of the country that you know uh, that 
valley again valleys and and river beds western and whatever. pa for yeah, sure is... there, there was a huge huge uptick in sightings and encounters especially in the 70s and then into the early 80s but most of it was in western pennsylvania like between between pittsburgh and maybe the state college area but but still closer to pittsburgh it was all in that in that valley area. yeah it's really it's really interesting and actually i think it almost so this is a this is a thing that is not often because okay like you know i'm the big i'm the big science uh what's it i'm the down uh the downtrodder of cool ideas i guess or like i don't know i'm the big party pooper but like one thing that i think everybody every party needs a pooper (laughs) (laughs) the one thing about this that i actually think is potentially interesting is the idea that what if it is a so we just talked about we talked about a little bit earlier DMT, uh, not the podcast host, the drug, <laughs> affecting people's minds, right? I wonder, although although Twisted Philly is a good show to listen to and affect your mind, you learn a lot, folks. Oh, thank you. But Whoa. it's a good one. Look at that. But um, the one aspect of this that I always I always think is interesting potentially that I don't really ever see talked about is the potential that. The reason that these sightings occur in these areas that were like post-industrial uh, had a lot of you know uh, chemical plants and refineries and stuff around it is pollution potentially, right? It's like the mm-hmm. same reason that we see um, what's the word like you know in areas that have lead contaminated soil or water you see upticks in violent crime. I wonder if there isn't also a potential that. You know, if we looked at, say, the statistical distribution of populations that have sightings of of these weird things and um, pollution of some sort, maybe we would find some kind of correlation there. Like, So we need a cross-section of a map that has contaminated areas, potential sightings of paranormal stuff, and is there a correlation? Toby, I expect your report by um, noon tomorrow. I'm on it. (laughs) Well, like, look – Go ahead, go ahead. They're communities communities that have been impacted by deindustrialization, right? So you have all of the old coal mills and steel mines and steel mills and all of that industry in western Pennsylvania, parts of Ohio, Mm -hmm. obviously parts of West Virginia. Mm -hmm. They all went through that same deindustrialization in the 50s. Um, You know, some a little bit later, but a lot of it happened in, in the 50s. And maybe there is something, you know, contaminated runoff water, benzene in the ground, Mm -hmm. There could be anything that's having some sort of a chemical impact on their, you know, on their brains or on their their um, their nervous systems or on, you know, chemical imbalances. That's a great theory. I'd never thought about that. But when you talk about the locations, at least just thinking about the locations in Pennsylvania, the ground in a lot of those locations is rife with. No, yeah. Pennsylvania, New Jersey actually has the highest. So Jersey has the highest uh, density of what are known as uh, Superfund sites in the country. Okay, man, we don't drink the we don't drink the water. No, no. I almost bought a house on a remediated EPA site. Did you really? Like, you can. Oh yeah, yeah. The the real estate agent. I was pregnant at the time. This is how jacked up this was. The real estate agent, the person. It was the, the property was under contract. Not to get too off topic, but the property was under contract. And they walked after the home inspection. And at the time, my, my ex-husband now, but he's my husband then, we're looking at the home inspection report like, okay, there's a crack in the driveway. Okay, it needs a new banister going down the basement. But, like, who walks away from that? The listing agent let it slip that the 
office complex behind us was working with the EPA to remediate the ground. I mean, that's nuts. I was like, what, what, I'm sorry, what? Remediate what? And so, you know, the next day at work, I'm on the phone with the EPA. I got the report for that development. And that's why benzene always sticks in my head because benzene is most detrimental to pregnant yeah. women and nursing mothers. Yeah. Yeah, there are like where I live, the the area of suburban Philadelphia that I live, like there's a huge mall here. There are so many sinkholes because of like remediated sites <laughs> and the ground just was never refilled. We we've sinkholes constantly. The entire city is built on a friggin' remediated EPA site and we're all going to fall into a giant sinkhole one day. I shit you not, and then you guys will be doing a podcast about I'm it. I'm telling you, <laughs> for real. But yeah, oh, Jersey's bad too. Yeah. But suburban Philly, yeah, we're not. We're not. No, doing yeah, that I was gonna say it's like, well, it's the whole, it's the whole area, right? I mean, it's like that whole region of like from, I mean, you know, the whole uh, from the Connecticut River Valley down to like, you know, basically, I would say the Carolinas. All of those rivers were were huge points of industrialization and chemical refining and chemical plants in particular, right? Like. It's hilarious. I go home to Staten Island, which is right across the bridge from Jersey. And like, you know, on my way home, you drive past like, you know, five paper mills, a you know, bunch of Pfizer plants, a bunch of oil companies, Exxon, whatever. And it's like there there were <laughs> there was a period of time where the local newspaper was full of stories about the mysterious maple syrup smell no one could explain. Oh, they oh, made fun yeah. of this on an episode yeah. of um of Thirty Rock, I think. There was an episode where it starts with them all smelling pancakes or something. Yeah, yeah, and that's the Staten. Island I didn't know smell. that. I didn't know that, that that was a thing. It's a real thing. Yeah, come visit beautiful Staten Island. You know, come for the pizza, stay for the horrible cancers. <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, um. Dina, actually, this this brought up a good point. Um, are you familiar? This is kind of north, your your neck of the woods. Um, Centralia, Pennsylvania. Yes, I am. Now, the reason I bring this up is I've driven through there, and it is something to where it is an extremely creepy area because it is basically just a abandoned town or what's left of it with this whole. Oh, by the way, there's a giant fire beneath you. Yeah, going on it's, it's still and there it's still burning and there's reports of stuff there too if i remember correctly so that's something to where i feel like once again this and i'm, I'm wrapping this back around everyone so hang on to your hang on to your butts um going to the tnt factor the the, the the tnt area where that was where they have these you know domes and everything when we did the tour it was at night but it still was this thing to where you would probably already be on edge being out there so any small thing could set you off and be like oh my gosh i'm seeing something now to tie it in with the stuff we were talking about earlier if you also have some chemical stuff messing with your head that can amplify that to where that owl that sandhill crane or that pigeon over there all of a sudden becomes what the hell is that so just 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 kind of throwing that out there because i i know that centralia is another place that that has some stuff i don't think there's actually a devoted cryptid there but i know that there's a ton of people that always report hearing seeing or having stuff happen to them when they're there and trust me well, it is creepy to go through that place silent hill was based yes off of yes the, it, look at it, look at that the gaming reference yay hey i i got some nerd in me come on now <laughs> i i, I believe action, you <laughs> you should see my action figure collection jesus oh man i, I, got, I got some nerd cred 
Um, it, you know, it's funny talking about aliens because I always thought, even though knowing the by the way, we will get Abraham to Mothman. Cold, <laughs> well, no, that's what I'm saying. I always thought Mothman to me. I guess maybe because so many of the descriptions remind me of the Jersey Devil. To me, I always leaned more towards it not necessarily being alien, but being some sort of a freak of nature, like a creature that we have not yet identified, something that somehow survived the Ice Age. I don't know, but to me it seemed more organic, organic of this planet, Mm -hmm. something gone wrong, certainly, but not necessarily extraterrestrial. Now, I got a question for everyone real quick. Um... There are several descriptions, of course, of the Mothman, of course, a humanoid figure with red eyes and wings. Do you guys go with the um, theory of its having arms and then wings sort of angel-like to where it has the wings on its shoulders or that its arms are its wings? Because I've, I've seen both interpretations of I think, it. I think I was always under the understanding that it had, like, arms separate of the wings. I was reverse of that, actually. Oh. Yeah, me too. I always thought it was like again, like uh, like Dino was saying, very Jersey Devilish, where it was this. Um, I don't know. Almost like in my mind, almost it because it's never really described as having a very clear form. You know what I'm saying? Like it's described yeah. as being about the size of a man, but with big wings. Like to me, it always appeared like a giant owl. I guess. Is what I yeah. as, as how I saw it in my mind's eye. So like you know, little stick legs, beautiful puffy pants, and a very cute <laughs> face. Well, the funny thing is, I was about to say from um, being on Toby for the tournament of um, cryptids and everything. There's several different descriptions of the Jersey Devil too. Goodness. Yeah, like I yeah, swear, you, you roll a dice and it's like okay, each each time each dice consists of what it has on it. Yeah, and it's just it's 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 a role every time. But that's that's the thing because I know from seeing and seeing and re, seeing images and then reading reports from them of Mothman sightings, both you know the ones during the Point Pleasant era and as I'm sure we'll get into that the ones that are continuing to happen today. And trust me, I'm sure if you um live in the U.S., look it up. Your state probably has one a report of a uh, Mothman sighting. But they always seem they're they're sometimes uniform in oh well it's it's wings or it's arms or sometimes no it it had arms but it had these giant wings behind it and I'm just I'm just more of a fan of the the wings being the arms I'm like I feel like that's more viable if that makes any sense for me that's the way I see it in my head yeah. that if it if it has appendages that are like arms the wings are attached yeah at least. yeah the and in in the sightings that we've had in Pennsylvania the 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 two that I found didn't really speak to arms or legs it spoke much more about just the overall height Mm -hmm. of of the creature other than wings other than feathers on wings it was basically hairless it was more black than gray you know bat-like skin all the just all the descriptions had tails like a dragon or like a rat i'm like okay well how do you say like a dragon or a rat because a dragon is nothing like a rat um (laughs) they're exactly the the same the descriptions I found, just as they talked about the tales and people mentioning dragons, I'm like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You saw the damn Jersey Devil. You didn't see the Mothman. You know, it's well, what I really like is the. So actually, I had, I had kind of two things I wanted to add quick. What I actually really like is the. If you look back at like the history of cryptid sightings, um, they often describe things as having like a horse-like face, when actually what they mean is not the face of a horse, but like the snout. So a, a protruding snout. So if you read like uh, accounts of what 
the very first accounts of say like uh, Komodo dragons or like giant lizards and stuff were they would describe them or even dragons in like his in in a lore or whatever they would describe them as having the face of a horse right so in my oh. mind whenever someone describes like a horse like face or something or like you know those i don't know the way that they describe them is always wrong i always view it as being like okay the jersey devil's got a dragon's head not the head of a horse because that's ridiculous and insane. But I don't know. I mean, it's all ridiculous and insane, right? The, the But the other thing I wanted to say was, actually, one of my favorite depictions of... So in the Mothman prophecies in the book, they talk about earlier sightings of this thing than in Point Pleasant. And it almost gives it a... Um, it's actually very reminiscent of Pennywise from It, right? Where Weird. it's this thing that comes around every uh every like 60 years or something and precludes a great disaster that then occurs in the town and never has like a fixed shape or a fixed way that it appears and i've actually often wondered like if stephen king took some of this mothman mythos into his mind when he was writing it but anyways the one of the concepts of uh, one of the one of the earlier cases of the mothman was there was a mine that um there was a a thing in front of the mine i think it was in west virginia i don't i unfortunately don't have the, the passage in front of me but i'm sure a listener will like know exactly what i'm talking about if i you know keep going i, I might be able to assist okay so there was a, a a what appeared to be a human in front of the mine wearing a large overcoat uh what appeared to be an overcoat and uh was like not would not let people into the mine and then as people started to approach to try to get in, it opened up its arms and it turned out that those were like these big wings and it screamed, like it screeched horribly and the people just ran. And then um, that that day, like later on in that day, there was a huge explosion in the mine. Um, and, you know, so a bunch of people's lives supposedly were saved by this thing warning them um, with these, you know, wing-like arms and stuff. So to me the mothman like that and that's i think where the injured cold is mothman thing kind of comes back around in a weird way where to me i think it's it's almost more of a like a psychic phenomena that this i don't i don't think mothman is a cryptid do you know what i mean i think mothman is a it's something more interesting than that hmm. and i think i remember hearing a story like that but i think it was uh, in iowa i want to say or some it's a story that's similar to it that that came out of Iowa that there was some flying creature that was protecting a mine. It was it was in Freiburg, Germany. Oh, okay. Then that where, is where it was. I was way off. No, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, we all I mean, we both were. I said it was in Point Pleasant, right? Um, yeah, it was called the Freiburg Shrieker, and actually, we see it we see it in other places too. There was uh, during uh, right before Fukushima, supposedly, um, people were saying that they had seen the Mothman. Right. And supposedly in um, Chernobyl, yep, yep. people claim to see. And and here's the other thing, and this is something interesting. Um, one, one, I, I'm sorry, we kind of de- de- went away from it for a second, but um, I, you did send that picture, of course, of the Mothman, this this sketch, um, in our group chat, and it looks like it its wings are part are its arms. It looks like a giant owl. Yeah, it, it it does. It looks like you know an owl with I'm I'm I, I love great podcasting stuff where I'm acting this out, um where where it like has its arms hunched over 
or its wings hunched over, and like I guess if you got close enough, it would spread it out and be like, "Get away!" But what was funny about this story was um, the guy that that shared the story. He shared it on a website called um, Apocrypunk, which I hadn't seen that before, and now I'm kind of in a rabbit hole in this website. But <laughs> God love that. I know, right? So he when he sees it, he he's on his way home. It's dark, and he's on a very windy, um, circuitous road. And sees this thing, you know, crash through the trees, fly kind of ahead of him on the road, and then land. And it's, it's you know, typical descriptions, right? It's about six feet tall. It has these wings, but it doesn't necessarily have the head of a bird. And so he remembers that he carries a pad and pencil in his glove box just in the event that he might see something like this while he's out driving so that he can sketch it. Okay, it's 2011. I'm sorry, I I just got this image of this guy screaming in terror while viciously drawing on a pad of paper, and then he holds that up. With a a charcoal pencil. Yes. (laughs) It's it's 2011, and I get you're in rural PA, but people had cell phones then, (laughs) and cell phones had cameras in them. Like, dude, take a picture. I, I love the artwork, but couldn't you have snapped something, like preserve that Kodak moment? And... As he's sitting there drawing, another car pulls up behind him, and it's his—it's an older gentleman who's actually his neighbor. And he gets out of the car and is, you know, what are you doing? Why are you sitting in the middle of the road? And he and starts he drawing sees... it too. No, right? Well, that would be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but he sees this thing, and he's like, "What on God's good earth is that?" And then it—it it takes off. As it's flying away, it flies overhead of them, and they hear this hissing sound. And all of a sudden, a giant. The thing takes a shit in midair, <laughs> right in front of them. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send you the link to this. I'm oh my god! Unexpected. I did not expect that. Unexpected. That right? I didn't expect it either as I was reading this story. So I'll send you the link because you've got to read this for yourself. The guy's not a bad writer, but the old timer is like, oh, I'm gonna grab my shovel because this would be great fertilizer. That's the biggest pile of poo I've what ever seen. What the hell? No way! Come on! What? I'm what? gonna send you the link. I'm gonna send you the link to this. Um, I swear to God, I will send it to you. You can read it. But, you know, the old timer looked at whatever it was that they saw. And he says, that was a giant owl. Hmm. And I guess the other guy is younger. And he's like, no, no, I think it was the Mothman. And the older gentleman's like, what is wrong with all you young kids today thinking it's all these weird things? As he's shoveling shit. let Let me just shovel this shit into my pocket so I can take it home with me. Like, and you know, we have, we have eagles here in Pennsylvania. You know, we have Hawk Mountain, which if you ever get a chance to go out um, outside of Allentown is where Hawk Mountain is. Now, obviously, a hawk is not six feet tall like the Mothman, but the wingspan, um, you know, of the eagles we have here in the state and, and, and some of the hawks can get pretty huge. And so, you know, as people have been saying, late at night, these are roads where there aren't street lights. Could you see something that's, you know... <clears throat> It's much larger than you might expect, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's something preternatural. Uh, but yeah, they claim that this, they claim that their Mothman sighting involved it dropping a deuce before it left the Interesting. scene. So, I mean, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about the idea of, um, the idea of like things after a traumatic event like that being seeming much bigger. Like I remember in the third grade getting beaten up by a third grader who was at least 20 feet tall. <laughs> you know, like I distinctly remember getting my glasses pulled off and thrown. Um, the a thing. So w- one other aspect of this that I think is interesting is with the point. So this is a problem with all of these cases generally. 
is once a case gets reported like this and gets a lot of press, you kind of lose the ability to verify it, right? So this is something mm-hmm. I keep this is something I keep trying to like we you know, we have really great investigators in MUFON, but like we're always trying to uh, we're always trying to improve, right? And so one thing that I've been trying to push for, kind of look at more is well, what are the what are these things that people in the UFO field think are true or have these these come up a lot in really good cases, but are not necessarily so well known to the general public, right? And so yeah. kind of like the same thing, you know, if you were a detective, you would not give away all of the aspects of a crime scene. You would wait for someone else to tell you something specific, so then you would know, oh my goodness, this this sounds like someone who was actually there, right? Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's like you 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 keep something. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Thing in your back pocket. So if someone's like, oh yeah, I remember that, that the thing I saw had, you know, these glowing red eyes and it's like, I've never... We never reported that that it had glowing red eyes. Please right. tell me more. Exactly. And the thing with these cases like this is, like, the Mothman is pretty much, in my mind, the Mothman is, like, completely ruined because it's so well known now. You know what I mean? It's like with, uh, you know, I don't know, if if throughout the entire history of the Mothman sightings, like, I don't know, let's say it's shit something, it's shit purple, right? That would be something that would be like, aha, so you were there with your shovel. You know, you're the old timer, huh, Mr. Jenkins? But instead, you know, um, I'm thinking like those old Heinz ketchup things that were colored. You know, those were gross. Oh, man. Anyways, the, um, the, like, I don't know, this whole story has gotten so much stuff now that it's like every time any kind of like a bridge collapses or whatever. So there was a bridge collapse here in Minnesota um uh over i think i-35 that happened like 2007 um it was a it was a bridge collapse that killed 16 people and immediately afterwards people were on coast to coast am telling george nord that they had seen the mothman and it's like well the mothman's supposed to prophesize doom if you saw the mothman what were you doing in you know the month previous why weren't you out there like get off the bridges you know like it's the same thing with the people that claim that they you know Oh, I I saw you know nine eleven happening and whatever. It's like, well, then you're a you're a horrible person, you know. Not like... to, not, not 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 to poo poo on Notre, Nostradamus either, but that's the that is why Nostradamus is famous. Is that exact thing? Is his quatrains are always like, oh, he predicted all this stuff. It's like no one comes running up with a paper going. We need to get out of this area because this is predicting, and it's always afterwards someone running up going, he predicted it. Yeah, it's, See? it's really easy to describe He said it things. right there. <laughs> it, it's it's clear as day. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, some, Something else, and this is, this, this is kind of going to, I guess, a more earthly explanation. This was brought up actually by the um, Into the Portal podcast on their most recent episode. They Thunderbirds, and they actually mentioned Mothman. I never thought of Mothman as a as a like giant bird or anything, but I'm like that could work as an earthly explanation technically. Because I mean, it 
yes, someone could exaggerate. Maybe a four foot tall bird becomes a six foot tall bird. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to sandhill crane this situation, but <laughs> if we want, if 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 we want to go the realistic route of what maybe people saw, it's at night. You see something you're not familiar with. Who knows? I mean, yeah, and that's but... the thing. These the thunderbirds are seen all over the U.S. So is Mothman apparently. This guy. There have been tons of Thunderbird sightings in Pennsylvania, and again, mostly out in western Pennsylvania. I was going to say, I, actually, if I had to pick a, if I had to pick a cryptid to give to Pennsylvania, I would give a Thunderbird, because it, it's really? like it is. Yeah, it is. Um, it is one of the more common. Well, I don't know if it's the more common. It's at least the one that I always put in my mind about that area. You know, the thing that's really interesting with the Thunderbird idea is, like, so I mean. There are birds that get tremendously huge, right? Yeah. Like, there are birds that get that big. And even the – like, you mentioned the Sandhill Crane. Those are big birds. You know what I mean? Like Somewhere someone is screaming at all of us right now. I mean, but like – They know who they are. But it's – like, yeah. But it's true. Like, they're, they're – I don't even care, man, okay? They're big birds. And, uh <laughs> – you know, I mean, even like I was watching, I was watching Planet Earth two the other day, and like penguins, like penguins are like four feet tall. I mean, they're huge. They're ginormous. Like some of them, at least, are are can be very big. Right, emperor penguins. They are. My daughter and I did a penguin experience when we were in San Diego. We went to SeaWorld. She, oh God, she was like nine years old, and we were feeding penguins. We were cleaning penguins. We were taking care of a baby penguin, and then you go into the penguin enclosure. She was scared shitless. Yeah. She was only nine. She was only nine, and like the, the grown emperor penguins. Like the same size as her. They were like her size. Yeah. No, they're huge. They're big. Like they're big birds. I mean, it's it's not like you know. I think we have this notion that animals are gonna be, I don't know. Like every animal is like at most dog size or birds have. We're to be humans. Small. Nothing's bigger than us. Yeah. Like oh, shit. I don't know. So, but the thing is though that nature does have like there are limits, right? I mean. It's um, we kind of go into this a little bit on our show, but it's like the surface area to mass ratio of a uh, animal is actually like super important. So, you know, like so even they talk about with uh, Brontosaurus and stuff, you know, during kind of the, the dinosaur age where that actually Brontosaurus likely had to survive almost entirely in the water because it was so huge, so massive that like. It could like its bones could not handle life out on the plains. It was just too heavy, right? So these epic drawings and stuff that people have done of them moseying across, you know, the plains are just the figment of our imagination. Yeah, pro- I mean that's kind of what, that's kind of what we currently think, at least, unless I'm unless I'm down on my dinosaur facts, which is possible. But what you said, Brontosaurus. Any... <laughs> so. <laughs> Toby, are there any sightings, any Mothman sightings where you are, or or do you get many cryptid sightings where well, you live? I mean, it's funny. After we did our episode on on Mothman, uh, I actually had a coworker tell me that in a town uh, less than about thirty minutes where they had the uh, the big Aurora, uh, Texas uh, spaceship crash uh, in the early nineteen hundreds. Apparently, we've had our own. Uh, mothman sighting and but it was it was real simple and i I wanted to interview the person because they're still alive and they they're still they're basically what i was told was a male person i I don't remember if it was a man or a woman but they had some kind of encounter with a 
dark creature that stood about six to seven foot tall, uh, had wings, and had red glowing eyes. So that, that's that's all. I mean, we've got in that area. But I mean, we've got we've. <laughs> I had a uh, science teacher uh, when I was in like eighth grade. Uh, you couldn't talk to him about it, but apparently he had a uh, Sasquatch sighting. <laughs> so, but you could, if you tried to bring it up, he'd get so pissed at you, and you'd just be like, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring up these uh, emotions that you have towards this." Why? Why would he get I mad? I don't know. But but now that I'm older, I I kind of want to challenge him and, and like call him up and be like, "Hey, Mister So and So, what about that Bigfoot thing? I do a podcast now. Let's talk." But uh, maybe people made fun of him, and he that, you know that's really that. kind of what I thought was it was more of you know the ridicule because i feel like it's gotten a little easier to talk about ufo experiences cryptid experiences uh ghostly supernatural experiences here in the last couple of years with ghost hunter shows being real popular and stuff but you know i feel like even 15 years ago it was kind of like you know oh you're you're a weirdo if you believe in any of that kind of stuff now everyone's kind of like i don't know (laughs) maybe Oh yeah, we're we're about to. I mean, I talk we talk about this on my show a little bit where we talk about the, this notion of like peak bullshit, right? <laughs> where it's like, because like this is brought up a lot, but like the the U.S. especially goes through these periods where we kind of like we have a we have an economically bad period, and then we have a like occult, spiritual, cryptid, great period right afterwards because everyone's you know everyone's too poor to eat. I don't know, regular food, so they got to eat, like, magic food. I don't even, I don't know. That joke didn't go anywhere, but, like, you know. <laughs> got to eat them magic beans. <laughs> yeah, you know, no one's got money for potatoes, so now we're just going to buy candles and eyeliner and stuff. But it's like you um, – Because you know, those are cheaper. They're much cheaper. Much cheap, much more – listen, you get a lot more use out of a single candle than you do out of a single potato. <laughs> I can assure you eyeliner is not cheap. <laughs> no, that's probably true, actually. Uh, <laughs> um, but – you know, so like we see that where it kind of, it, you know, our our spiritualism as a society kind of ebbs and flows and it seems to go along with economics and other things, whatever. But so this period is like, in my mind, we're we're like kind of hitting the crest of the wave of peak bullshit. You know, or it's kind of like with uh, Trailer Park Boys, Mr. Leahy talks about the shit wins, right? <laughs> we're like, we're getting ready for a category five shitstorm, I'd say. Like we're right there, you know, where it's like... People are, I think, uh, I think are completely right. This idea of like belief in uh, in the paranormal and the occult, belief in um, just kind of outward ways of thinking and stuff, and distrust of expertise is hitting a, a crescendo point almost. And I think that in some ways that's good because it means that we can talk about this kind of stuff and actually start investigating it more fully. And I hope that just like with other cases it will then lead to a another period of a more accepting um, populace of some of these ideas, but then also a tightening up of our critical thinking, I guess, or our scientific worldview or whatever. I don't know. Well said. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, like like I was saying, you know, I feel like it's, it's not as uh, taboo to talk about now if you've had any of these experiences. But now you also have to deal with the the people that are just looking for attention, saying, you know, oh, I've had this experience. I've seen... I feel like something like this uh, with Mothman sightings uh, the, in the 60s and stuff, I feel like if you have 
I feel like they're more credible than a lot of the sightings you would get now because you 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 get where was it Chicago the the latest sightings Chicago yeah mm-hmm. Chicago is like a hot so, spot so right you now. get one or two people that may have actually seen something and then you're gonna get thirty people that are like I saw it too man I saw it you know and they're gonna post on it I saw it right here you know on Facebook and you know the, now they've got a story that they can tell I don't know I don't know where I was going with that but no you're you're absolute you're absolutely right. I think we had a we had a story ages ago. This was horrible. It was a, a newscast. You're gonna be like, what the hell does this have to do with Mothman? But It'll get there. It absolutely <laughs> ties it ties with what Toby's saying. There was a story about a journalist from Philadelphia who wound up in one of our hospitals because um, some fun he was having with a partner went awry. That's all I'm all gonna right. say. I'm not gonna go into details. No, we want details. And I really want the details. number <laughs> of people. The number of it was it was oh my god. It was it involved a rodent too. But the number of people, the number of people that claimed to have either been in the hospital when this happened, or worked at the hospital, or happened to be a nurse on duty, and the hospital would not have been big enough to support that (laughs) many employees and patients for all of those people to have been on scene when this person was brought in. In that department, never happened anyway. (laughs) But right, but so it's it's that it's the hysteria, and I think also the like. They just they want to be involved. They want to be a part of it. And so maybe it isn't even nefarious or intentionally nefarious. I think it's in some cases, it's just a desire to be a part of something, to be a part of something that's special. And it's special because we don't quite understand it. We're not sure if we believe it, but there's a desire to be connected to something. I think. think Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, it also becomes it's just so much easier to it's just so much easier to today to become part of it because there is no follow through on the part of like people to check whether or not you really had that experience. Right. I mean, so we get, um, you know, we, we think of it today as being like, it's a lot harder to fake something in some ways because we think, well, everyone's got the internet, everyone's got whatever. Right. But in in my mind, it's actually a lot easier. And I think part of the reason is because, um, you can just go on, you know, Reddit or Facebook or whatever and say, I mean, Facebook maybe is a worse example of this, but you can certainly go on Reddit or call in or post on a website or whatever. You know, oh, I had this experience. This happened to me, whatever. And no one, you know, you don't even have to put a name to it, right? You can just say I had this sighting. So it it gets harder to piece those things out, I guess. I think, though, I mean, so, Toby, like, you guys cover more conspiracy. Like, I feel like you guys are really good on the conspiracy stuff, Right. right? And I'm wondering, like, what... So I always think there's an interesting aspect of this that is linked to conspiracy theories as well in the sense where we're looking at so Mothman is kind of cuz like the Mothman is in some ways thought of as this almost anti like in the whole okay we're going to get weird here folks in the whole mythos of good aliens versus on, bad on, aliens on, on. I'm going to put my seatbelt on for this one Okay good in the whole mythos of good aliens versus bad aliens, where do we think the Mothman lies? If if we're saying it is an alien, where do we think it sits? Uh, okay, you you want us to answer, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I just I didn't want to blur out the answer, and you'd be like, "No, I'm not asking you. I'm asking <laughs> the listener. I am asking you." So I would I would assume that most people would think that uh, the Mothman is some kind of good uh, entity because of the warnings, because of the coal mines, because of you know. Uh, things that it was maybe trying to prevent 
someone from getting hurt. I don't know. So I could see it being a good thing to to people. What do you what, what, uh, that, what does everyone else think? Go go ahead. I don't think he's necessarily good or bad. Um and I often wonder if his foreshadowing isn't necessarily I'm here to warn people, but is there something that happens cosmically or environmentally that when he arrives, you know, as, as you were talking about much earlier in the episode, if there's a part of, of the, the reality that we, in which we live and, and an alternate reality that's thin, does his arrival trigger something either environmentally or, or cosmically that causes these catastrophes to happen? And so is he unintentionally bad because he's impacting our universe that impacting our world that's a good answer that's actually a really good answer that i like good that answer. um for oh thank you for <laughs> me i'd kind of say he's indifferent to the point of like i mean if he was trying to warn us i think the and and here's and by, by the way here's another thing with the 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 I'm, I'm not trying to down ufo sightings and um you know the whole contactee and stuff like that or people being warned of stuff but if they truly do know this stuff, why did not why didn't the Mothman sit somebody down, have a whiteboard, write on the whiteboard, don't go on the bridge. Yeah. The bridge is going to collapse and then point at it and be like, There. So you've been warned. So actually it, it never came out and did that. Instead it just kinda of creepily looked at people or killed a dog or okay. flew after some people, you know, drive trying to have fun. Yeah. So So I am gonna flip this whole thing on its head. Prepare yourselves guys for a uh for a Chris Cogswell, uh, Alex Jones moment of the show. So, oh God, I'm putting on my extra seat. Do we need a drum roll? I think we need a we need a, like a blah, 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 blah. Um, okay. <laughs> so here's the thing, because I actually I really like the whole like tapestry of conspiracy theory and how it plays into the UFO lore and and you know conspiracy lore and and all this other stuff. If Mothman is present at these events that a lot of people claim are false flags. Oh. Does that mean that Mothman... But here's the thing. If you read into the Mothman mythology, a lot of the times the aliens, when they come down and give you a warning, they actually warn you the wrong thing. Or they give you... They tell you something's coming, but they won't tell you exactly what. Or they'll get it just a little bit wrong, right? And that's actually led to some people suggesting that these things are like they're like time travelers but they're from a different timeline. Oh, I love that theory. Also this stuff, right? I love that theory. But to me almost it makes me wonder with these uh, like I just find it fascinating that no one has ever put that idea like put those ideas together. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I don't know. I would say Mothman is maybe something like a chaotic I don't know if chaotic good or like chaotic neutral more would be like the right way to say it, but where I think very similar to what Dean is saying, like it it doesn't it seems to have its own reasons for doing these things, and I'm not certain that it is because it wants to help us really, right? And so maybe it is dis it is doing it by accident that it's causing harm, or maybe it's some other weird, I don't know, part of our consciousness or something. But I just always think it's I don't know, I don't know. I just I wish Alex Jones. You, you would feel talk like like. <laughs> You you feel like its presence here is is affects our world. Like it doesn't have to do anything. It could basically sit there in a lazy boy with a beer in it, in its talon, and the world around it would be affected negatively because it's in our world, sort of thing. Me, yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know. Or like it it causes I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a crane. <laughs> I, I think it's drinking Pap's blue ribbon in that lazy bride. I'm I'm sorry, I I just get this image of it just sitting in the middle of the TNT um area, just cracked open a beer just sitting there, it sees people coming, it rolls its eyes, gets up and goes, Ah and then everyone runs off. And then something <laughs> bad happens, a big car pile up or something down the road and everyone's like, Oh, the boss man tried to warn us. Yeah, and he's like, I tried to warn him of something. Not that. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's ridiculous. I don't know. It's so weird. So I, I, I guess I was going to say, let, let's conclude with our thoughts on what we think this is, but um, that, that band-aid got ripped off and thrown on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure ran over a few times, too. Just a guy in a trench coat looking weird on the side of the road. <laughs> All right, now that sounds creepy. I know, I know. Sounds like, sounds like one of my Almost episodes. scarier than the Mothman. Oh, right? Um, no, I, I just, I, like I said, I thought that we were going to have that, that, but I mean, that it, it's a good point. I think we all brought up some very good and very interesting, actually. Like, like I said, I, I, I don't know how much I put weight on the whole, you know, hell mouth thing, but at the same time, it if the pieces fit, it makes sense. I mean, like, and, and like I said, there's nothing at this point that can tell me I'm wrong or right on this. So that's the other thing. Well, can I, can I, can I throw a crazy theory out? I mean, I, I think we've had enough so far, just, but just continue. One, I, I just got a real quick one. Just, I, I haven't thought about this before, but what if it's, uh, let's say this, um, Mothman is something, uh, of the earth, Something, some kind of cryptid, something that's that we just don't quite understand. Maybe even uh, paranormal-ish. Who knows? But what if it's uh, because of the UFO sightings and, and everything that surrounds it? What if it's something that? And I'm 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 going way out there. I don't necessarily believe this, so just follow me on this uh, this ride. Uh, what if it's the uh, extraterrestrials coming down to try to study this thing because of the properties that it would have of things just bad happen around it and that's why there would be activity i don't know i don't know where i'm trying to go with it exactly that is magic oh my god i'm just trying to cram a that's what conspiracy theorists do they cram as much shit together and they say yeah that's the new theory so but but, i get get what you're saying i I don't know where i'm trying to go exactly with it but what if it's no 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 toby toby you've got to do something now that contradicts your previous statement then and only then will you become a true well, conspiracy theorist. Well, we know it's the government. It's a it's a project Mothman, Project Mothman, and uh, the government's actually doing it. Yes, and they. It's the Nazi bell. <laughs> of course. <laughs> is wait, is this going too far to say the Mothman is actually Hitler? Like that's how he escaped, but <laughs> he got terribly deformed into the Mothman. Well, but, see, now you've you've actually gotten your piece of yarn and you've connected it to a, another theory so sure yes, yes that's perfect i get my conspiracy theory go to work <laughs> but no I, I, I just like i said it's a it's a another theory another thought you know why couldn't it be something that they're trying to investigate themselves like hey we don't know what this thing is but we're gonna be back you know that's that's <laughs> we're gonna check in on this every time we, it does something because, you know, well, all the men in black sightings and, and everything around Yeah, we the area. didn't even really get into those either. 
No, no, and that's I, I think that's that's my favorite part of all the Mothman stuff is all the crazy men in black stories that, that go along with it after after the uh the bridge collapse and stuff. They they were stealing pens and stuff. Yeah, just weird just weird stupid stuff that doesn't matter and doesn't make sense. That's that's what's so great about it. <laughs> well, the... here's Sorry, go ahead, Chris. I was gonna say there's the famous one where they go to the guy's house and they like they have a, a quarter in their hand and they're like don't talk anymore about aliens. And they flip the quarter and then it just disappears and they just like walk away. <laughs> and it's like if someone came up to me on the street and like did that magic trick, I'd just be so annoyed because magic is so dumb. <laughs> like I would just be like, oh my, I cannot. But how old are you? What are you, 30? Come on. You'd look them straight in the eyes and go, aliens, 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 Mothman. <laughs> Ridiculous. Magicians. Come on. So so sticking to just 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 going back rewinding real quick because this is something I kind of dawned on me. Um, sticking with the initial point, pleasant mostly of sightings. There's nothing. I mean, aside from it being a giant moth or a giant creature, it doesn't blink in and out of reality or anything. Like it's it's it, it acts with the rules of our world for the most part. From what I've from the sightings and stuff I can remember, like. I mean, unless I'm wrong on that, I'm just trying to remember them all now. Because I'm like, I don't think there's any instant of it. It's like, all of a sudden it was gone. Or because it's like, you know, most time people say, I saw it fly in, I saw it fly out, and then it kind of left. It wasn't like, it blinked in out of nowhere and then blinked out. So, I don't know. It's just something to where it seems to act more terrestrial. So it seems to kind of go with the fact of it's it's something that has to obey some of our rules of reality. Unlike UFOs, which obey rules of who knows what most of the time. Right. Yeah, I killed it this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's why I don't think it's alien. I, I mean, that, that's the thing. I, I, I like the multidimensional thing, but at the same time, it obeys our, our reality for the most part. Does, so, it, does uh, it though? I mean, it kind of like it does disappear. At one, like at one point, it it's supposed to be going. So at one point they're looking for it. They're like following it through the TNT area or something, and it it goes into a building and then it just disappears. Like that happens, and then there is other. Oh, I like, forgot about that. Yeah, like there are. It's not necessarily uh, holding to our real rules or anything. And the other thing too is we didn't really mention this, but supposedly there were other instances of like electrical disturbances around the area that it would appear and. All kinds You're of right. weird stuff. Oh, um, right. Didn't it mess strike, up TVs? Strike that from the record. Yeah. Phones. <laughs> it definitely messed with phones, apparently. Yeah. And German Shepherds. Why, and why is it always German Shepherds? <laughs> it Next is always German knows. Shepherds. <laughs> German Shepherds are adorable. But <laughs> not, not if you're a cryptid. They, 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 like, feed on exclusively dogs, especially German Shepherds, it seems like. I don't know. just don't know. They're the tastiest. Me, that could be it. It could very well be I it. mean, I've n- I don't have never tasted dog, but I would assume. I mean, come on. <laughs> never tasted and dog. And on that note, sure um, so thank God for that, that right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, he on that. Eaten dog meat, cast the first stone. Let's not get into this one. Guys. <laughs> and on that note, um, just as something quick to point out, I don't know if anyone has any closing thoughts because I think we've all done ours to an extent um i just want to point out that the mothman festival even though we've made fun of questioned its existence the mothman festival if you have a chance to go to it it is super fun and that town is super on board with everything about that so 
if, if you ever get a chance to go, it is awesome. Um, I'm definitely going again. I am going to actually just go to the TNT area by like on my own and not part of the tour because even though the tour was fun, they just kind of were like, there's stuff there, there's stuff over there. And then there's people wandering around on their own looking. And I'm like, I want to be with them. <laughs> <laughs> like there was people seriously Scooby doing their way through the TNT area. Oh, that's like, so cool. Awesome. Yeah. I would love, I would absolutely love to go to see the Mothman festival at some point. That's definitely on my list of things to do. Well, I'm planning on going this year, so I'm I will jealous. see you there. I'm so and jealous. You shall. Dang East Coasters. Yeah. Toby, maybe we can just meet in like, I don't know, Kansas or something. Right, yeah. <laughs> go, go, go to the Fine. Wizard of Oz Museum. We'll find something hey, spooky hey, I've to been do in there. Kansas. I've been to the Wizard of Oz Museum. It's a thing? Yeah. Who's yeah. making what? a joke? Is it good? Uh no. There's a Wizard of Oz yeah. museum? Really? It's, it's supposed to, I think it's a replica of the original house, but the original house is like a <gasps> hundred yards away oh from God. it where they filmed it. Or something and maybe it's not oh that close. Maybe it's a little further away. But yeah, you, you walk through it and it's got all, all kinds of props and stuff. Uh Okay, I'm like seriously crying right now. Yeah, so no, it's, it's pretty cool. I got a picture of me somewhere standing inside of it by something. I don't remember. It was so long ago. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I just get this image of you standing there, and it's like, this is the replica of the house that is right over there. This is the replica. Can we go to the real house? Yeah. No, you can only go to the replica. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, uh, I, hopefully, one day, one day, we'll get to make our way up there. It's just it's so far away being all the way down here in Texas. So, uh You got your Aurora thing you can go to. Yeah, the Aurora, th- that's... <laughs> You know, an hour it's nothing away. compared to the Mothman thing. No, <laughs> I know. I know. It's too bad. But no, I, I just I just wanted to point that out that that's that's definitely fun to go to and everything. So yes, um I guess with that let's wrap it up. If that's cool with everyone every everyone involved. I wanna keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine, we can well, stop. Let's just talk about Wizard of Oz some more. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and the only the only thing I wanted to mention before we go, so you talked so much about um, Paradelia. Paradolia. I'm the only I'm one sorry, that can Paridolia. pronounce it. Yeah, I can't. I can't say it right either. It's. It, I'm going to blame it on my Philly accent. <laughs> sure. There is. There's a a a, ver, a new podcast. It's not part of Dark Myths, but um, I'm going to mention it anyway. It's called Peculiar Mayhem. Mm-hmm. They only have one episode out, and it's fantastic they're a little slow getting their second episode up but it is all about pareidolia and it especially focuses on a case from chicago of mary um underpass mary so i i encourage you to listen to it um it's someone who's a listener of my show she's a fan of your shows she started her own podcast and it, her first episode is just so fun and eccentric and interesting, and it's all about pareidolia. Yeah. Hey, hey, Toby, can can you get a power strip? I think we need some more outlets for all these shameless plugs we've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm bumped. Yeah, that that joke had some legs to it. <laughs> all right. Um, I guess um I'm Zinger. I do the Zingness podcast. Um we focus on pop culture and everything of that nature. Um and pop culture I mean, technically as we said earlier, as Chris pointed out, um paranormal is kind of pop culture now, so that's my excuse. And I'm also a huge fan of everything cryptid and paranormal, so it's my excuse for, for why I'm here. How about you guys? 
So this is Dina Marie, host of the Twisted Philly podcast. It is Mischief, Mayhem, Mystery, and Murder from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, and Pennsylvania. There's true crime, history, hauntings, weird shit, um, and tourism, places that I love to visit. And I'm Toby from the Secret Transmission podcast, and we talk conspiracies and the paranormal and anything really that's just kind of weird, spooky maybe. Yeah, And I, I am Chris Cogswell. I am the host of the Med Scientist podcast. We talk about science and the paranormal and weird stuff. And, uh, and yeah, that's what we do. And I guess before we all sign off, one final plug real quick. Um, if you guys, if, if anyone listening to this wants to check out um, a great telling of everything surrounding Mothman and a great job of that being done, um, I would have to recommend Astonishing Legends. It's a multi-parter, but they covered every single piece of this in great detail. So, if if, if you want to check out more on the Mothman, I mean, I know Toby has an episode about it on his, but definitely check out check out theirs. Theirs is going to be more uh, informative than <laughs> than us. <laughs> check out theirs first, get the information, then check out Toby's check to see out, somebody yeah. trying to get information. We focused more on the Men in Black stuff because, like I said, that's what I liked about it is all the Men in Black stuff. All right, so I guess um go to darkmyths.org and check out everything oh. all the other shows and follow Dark Myths on Twitter at Dark Myths Pods. They're also on Instagram at the same handle Dark Myths Pods. There's a Facebook page, go like it. Also, there's a new YouTube channel. Hopefully, we'll all start posting some stuff soon, hopefully. So, maybe. That's that's yeah. Dark Myths. Make sure you check out some of the other shows. Oh, and actually, here's a great thing. Um if you want another, I mean, I'm, we're hopefully going to keep doing these. Name what shows you want to have team up and do one of these and what topic you'd like them to discuss. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Because, I mean, we, we, we just kind of picked Mothman out of a hat because um, I've been to the, I, I wanted to promote going to the. He just the wanted festival, to talk about how fun it is and he wanted to brag. That's all it is. Well, I also went to Flatwoods too, but you don't hear me talking about that too much. You just brought it up. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You want to get out of here? Bye. 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 (laughs) Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm-hmm.